0: Bunny! Act three!
1: Act
0: three! Yes, Bunny, my friend, it is time once again for this meandering podcast to slowly get around to the third and final act of the Pope on Film. And it is said third act wherein we finally, inevitably, get around to discussing our exclusive limited edition artisanally handcrafted and available only for a limited time through this exclusive television offer, so call now movie of the week and this week i make up for two weeks of really crappy movies with a look at my co-host bunny's all-time favorite movie or one of his favorite movies yes the 2013 film cbgb yes country bluegrass blues yes uh-huh. is what CBGB stood for. And before I watched this movie, I knew CBGBs for one important thing. Lane's band once played there in an episode of Gilmore Girls. Really? Yeah, it I, was I in the, la- the latter seasons. Whatever their name was, what was their Alien or something. Hep Alien, Hep Alien. Boom.
1: So so, what are your thoughts? It seems like you are not quite as enamored with this movie as no. I am. Okay. so, And I so, really don't quite understand why. The movie is good. It's all right.
0: It's fun and it's tasty, but I don't think it has a lot of substance. It's like Kool-Aid. It's sugary and it's fun and it's hyper and it's tasty, and there's no real substance, and don't look at the ingredients.
1: But this is also I, the story of an incredibly Woodian man. This is a man I, who failed his way to a a modicum of success and then continued failing i
0: i love the movie in the beginning when it's just a character study of a down on his luck guy picking up other down on his luck people and inadvertently forming a movement in the process that part is good and interesting and intriguing and it despite what i find to be alan rickman's hideously changing accent but eventually the movie just becomes a a a caricature of famous and semi-famous musicians lip-syncing classic punk songs and then when that happens i start losing interest i thought that i was going to be like oh look at this drama oh finally the musicians are here but it was the exact opposite it was Ooh, what an interesting drama. Oh, I guess that's supposed to be Iggy Pop. Okay. (laughs) (coughs) That being said, that being said, fucking talking heads looked amazing. Yeah. Like, like, like they could have, it's like they went back in time and brought them to do the talking heads part. Everything else was just kind of, okay, I guess that's Lou Reed because he's wearing glasses.
1: Yeah. For the most part, the casting was pretty bad. You know? The
0: casting was all over the place. The it's, casting was all over the place.
1: But the problem it's there funny. is that is that Alan Rickman is just always a fucking joy to watch. Even, even, yeah, Alan even, Rick- with, even though the fact you cannot buy that he is from New Jersey, you know?
0: Absolutely not.
1: Therefore, we will mumble a lot more, you know? Yeah. Uh, the casting, but they
0: was did insane. the same you thing for
1: fucking Ron Weasley. For Christ's sakes, Ron Dude, Weasley, you're not you got, from uh, Queens. You got,
0: fucking, you got
1: Bradley Whitford getting
0: drunk. You've got, uh, uh, George Costanza's mom. Yeah. You've got Johnny Galecki. You've got Ashley Green, who was the uh, the attractive chick in all the Twilight movies. Yeah. Uh, and, and that guy from that sitcom. Oh, sh- the uh, Donald Logue is in this. I'm a big fan of Donald Logue. Yeah. He was on a TV show that I love. It was it was like uh a, a, this sitcom that he was on that I absolutely loved. But you know, you know who I was shocked to see in this movie? Who? Uh the homeless guy who was uh outside. Idaho? Uh Idaho, yeah. Like he looked familiar, and I was like, damn, that Idaho guy looks familiar. And I thought it it was. If not Casey Affleck, then a Casey Affleck type. Yeah. You know? So I looked him up, and no shit, that guy was El Rey in Planet Terror. Robert Rodriguez is half of Grindhouse. Like, no shit. You're El Rey. You're fucking Freddie Rodriguez for shit's sake.
1: Holy shit. Nice catch there.
0: Yeah. Like fucking Freddie Rodriguez, he was the one who put yeah, the Idaho machine gun Freddy on Rodriguez on uh, a what's her name's terror. leg. Was that? Uh, he was the guy who put. He was the guy who put the machine gun on Rose McGowan's leg.
1: Yes. Yes, yeah, he did. I, so, I that yeah. is that is a surprise, and um, um th- I think that's a damn good catch for you. Yeah, right he there. looks
0: nothing like. He looks nothing like him. I will say he looks to be a very good uh, drunk drug addict, but, but. And then on top of it, and
1: then a lot of it does come into personality for this movie, because I, I like the punk scene. I like what was going on there, you know, that punk really wasn't exactly a a musical movement, which is why you can't really pin down what punk is. Yeah. You know, I mean, going from the Ramones to the talking heads is a major fucking leap. Yeah. You know, or, or to the police, you know, or anybody else that, that, came out in that time and there yeah, is a, You go from you go from
0: the ramones to the police in like a half hour period in time and it's like okay that's a difficult it's a difficult leap to make but okay another well, problem that's that because I have with that's because that's
1: time. that's what just how the movement is that's just how the movement was you, yeah. you know so yes they were both punk but they were completely there's absolutely no comparison between those two bands. Yeah. You know, but this was much more of an artistic movement than a musical movement. This is more comparable to the beat generation and the writers. This is basically the same, same movement with musicians instead of the writers
0: yeah i think another another reason why i didn't love this film is just because i feel like the movie is needlessly white i mean i know that punk it is oftentimes a very white thing but yeah people of color did go to cbgb's and and a lot of punk bands with people of color in them played there like fucking there's a black person in dead kennedy's fishbone is all black uh living color bad brains these are all you know punk bands with people of color who played at cbgb's and it's and this is just very white the film is all white but i didn't feel that cbgb's wasn't was all white. The only minorities in this film are the Mexicans that thankfully stabbed the fucking dead
1: boys.
0: (laughs) And I was like, yes! Latinos coming in to save the day! Stab those fuckers with the goddamn Nazi! And then like, I feel like, okay, this movie is needlessly white. It doesn't have to be this white. And, And then it's like at least they mentioned the fact that a lot of punks Embrace Nazism for no real reason, yeah, I, I, that got points for me, yeah, I was like, yes, thank you, thank you, uh-huh. very much, and also, I have a hard time like like I like punk music i I'm a big fan of the Buzzcocks, but I have a hard time watching a movie about punk music that's like, hey, you want to know about punk? Well, let's go where it started. The basement of a town in... It's like, what? Yeah. This is a difficult first step in your film. Which... It's like, oh, okay. Punk started with two losers in a basement in Connecticut. All right, then.
1: And then the movie wasn't about them. They were yeah. added in here and there to kind of sprinkle a little additional flavor on things, but they yeah. really served very little to the movie.
0: Absolutely very little to the movie. Yeah.
1: But, you, you again, you have Hilly, the who I did throughout the movie, Jeannie did throughout the entire movie, And I'm probably sure you did the entire movie heard Billy Crystal. (laughs) Yeah, yes, Billy Crystal. That's over and over again a million times. Yeah.
0: I thought at first, like I thought at first that he was just like pulling someone's leg. What's your name? Billy Crystal. And I just thought, like, I guess in the 70s that would be the smart ass thing to tell someone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's it's 2008. It's like, what's your name? Dame Cook. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's funny. What's your real name? That's what I thought he was doing in the beginning. The first time I watched it, I thought he was telling people he was Billy Crystal. Like, in order to get out of, like, bill collectors and shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Is what I thought he was doing.
1: But you have him, I mean... and to the extent that he is okay. For the extent that he's a loser, first he opens a bar that becomes popular and famous for reasons that were beyond his control and not the type of bar that he wanted. Yes. Okay. And then in this bar of, of, I think inarguably some of the best musical talent at that time in this genre. Yeah. He picks the dead boys. Okay. He picks the fucking dead boys. Yeah. Here, here is, here is the, the hill I'm going to fucking die on. Here are the musicians that I am going to throw the full weight of this club behind and promote. It's a fucking dead boy. Like, like he stepped over the Ramones to get to the Dead Boys. Yeah. <laughs> okay? Yeah. And then the movie kind of made a point here that no, there was not a tragic accident that prevented the dead boys from becoming famous. Okay? Mm-hmm. They did the tragic accident and everybody lived through it and went on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, the dead boys failed because the dead boys sucked.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, they just suck.
1: And, and for no other reason, you know, it was not this fight with the Mexicans or anything else. They simply sucked. And when I was still having to go into the office where we had our computers locked down. So like you could get to Google, but you could not get to anything past Google. You could not go to anything that you actually Googled. Yeah. Okay. You could just get the Google page and we could also get to Wikipedia. Huh? You got to check out Cheetah. You got to check out Cheetah Chrome right now. He totally looks like somebody's dad. Really? Oh, it's it's yeah, it's really pretty funny stuff. Huh. You know, like you, you you could see him driving a cab. You know. Yeah. As as opposed to who Cheetah Chrome was. You know, uh, which they they actually did not do (sighs) they didn't do too bad from a look perspective they did pretty good with with Ron Weasley okay yeah except that you're still casting a guy from Queens
0: yeah (laughs) okay yeah
1: and it looks clear to me that at some point Ron Weasley would have gone up to try to get some advice to Alan, from Alan Rickman, because because frankly you're gonna talk to Alan Rickman. You, there's no you're gonna do it. If any one of us is on the set, we're getting into a conversation with Alan Rickman, and if we are actors, we're definitely getting acting advice from Alan Rickman, who apparently told him just mumble a lot. Because uh, they well, both used exactly the same technique. Well, it really was a Harry Potter reunion. Huh? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So
0: they were probably like close buds. <laughs> uh,
1: the, guy
0: who, the guy who directed this also directed uh, Bottle Shock, which he, which uh, Alan Rickman starred in.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, so I don't think that they even came close to caring when they cast Lou Reed.
0: Absolutely not. Absolutely not.
1: And so, like, I, I, you know, I, I would imagine that is it was that guy even an actor? I mean, or was he uh, just passing by the set one day and they're like, "Yo, we need Lou Reed. Come here, sit down." Because, like,
0: oh, you know, uh, the guy who played Lou Reed, I'm pretty sure was. Uh, uh, Kathy Woods chiropractor in a Bella Lugosi wig.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. He was. Yeah. I, I, I am. I am no Lou Reed expert, and I'm not that huge a fan of Lou Reed. He's got a couple of likable songs. The same songs that everybody likes. If you say Lou Reed take a walk I, on the wild side ever since
0: ever since i was a kid i've been upset with and the colored girl and the colored girls go yeah do 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 i've always been upset about that
1: <laughs> and i do not blame you thank you although the overall song was pretty fucking bold at the time yeah uh I, I do not ever remember Lou Reed being a blonde. Right? Ever. And I do not ever remember Lou Reed being a pudgy-faced blonde kid. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they really made some dicey casting choices. The way
0: that I feel this movie is, is like, you know how, hey, we're going to go to the beach. Oh, look, there's a guy doing caricatures. We'll pay him five dollars and we sit down on this chair and you get a comically, comically large headed cartoonish caricature of yourself. Yes. That's this movie with punk music.
1: That's got to be a great job, though. I mean, as an aside, just since you brought it up, that's got to caricaturist at a beach or a park or that's that's just got to be like one of the best. I mean, you are literally making drawings completely mocking the person who's paying you for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, like, that would do my heart a world of good, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, he,
0: like, uh, being a caricaturist at, like, a beach or, or a theme park or whatever it has to be difficult because you have to immediately look at someone and then quickly point out their flaws and exaggerate them. Through art. Yes. You know, so so like you're always judging people like, hey, honey, this is my friend Jim. Hi, Jim. I noticed that you're balding and you have a huge chin. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry that I pointed that out. I'm a caricaturist, so I see these things. You also have huge ears. Yeah, what? You also have huge ears. Yes. Which I would draw as being wings that would fly you away yes hey remember when remember when america's hottest actor was ben stiller wasn't that weird
1: yeah it's, that was weird it's a shame because he's really got his parents talent ben stiller's fucking funny and he's really a yeah. pretty good actor yeah. You know? That first night at the
0: museum is fucking great.
1: Have you seen, it the, have you seen the Secret of Life of Walter Mitty? No, I have not. No, I have not. That it's seems a very... to have
0: been the last time that Hollywood was like, big box office draw, Ben Stiller. And I'm like, no, it's not 2005. I don't have to see this.
1: Yeah. So, like, the only thing I can possibly determine is ben stiller's got to be a real dick why yeah because he makes great yeah. movies and nobody wants to make a movies mm-hmm. that's why because he can't work with anybody even though he's he's yeah. got the talent, he's got everything he needs to be a major star but he is not a major star the only thing left is you've got to be a dick. You've got to be somebody that people just simply do not want to be around. maybe he
0: doesn't need that much money, doesn't do it I think I think Bunny's a, a, on the right course here. I I I bet you Ben Stiller is like the the Edward Norton of comedians.
1: Yeah, the, that's exactly the kind of thing I'm su- I'm, ex- I'm suspecting. Yeah. And I cry yeah. over Ed Norton, because I thought Ed Norton was just a fucking genius actor. Yeah. He, he is a genius actor, but... He is. He absolutely yeah, is. Well, unfortunately, he's a bit of a dick, too. Yeah.
0: Like I liked the movie but it's not a perfect movie. Oh, there no. are some ridiculous points, parts I have a hard time seeing these like like once it, once CBGB became popular I didn't like it. Yeah. Like before then as this guy struggling like I found it to be an interesting character study but but like like yeah, I don't know, mostly harmless.
1: <laughs> mostly harmless
0: yes this is a, a and also and also a movie with this soundtrack i can't entirely hate yes like when i first saw it i said i don't like this film okay now let's see if we can find the soundtrack on amazon <coughs> and it's like but, but wait a second if i'm trying to find the soundtrack on amazon did i hate the movie yeah. i don't own a soundtrack for a movie i hate that is just not a thing thing you do, you know? So it's like, I could see this. Like I didn't, I didn't love the movie, but I could see myself putting this on if I wanted to have something like on in the background where I didn't have to like think or try too hard.
1: Mm -hmm. And, and that is also a big part of it too. Sometimes I I don't particularly know what I feel like watching and I know I'm going to be doing shit anyway. And CBGB's makes a really good movie to pop on in that case. Yeah.
0: Cause then yeah. you could stop and it's go
1: like, like, Hey, it's Patti Smith's one good song. I love that one song. The, well, that one song is awesome. Song. And there's a reason for it. Cause it was co-written by Bruce fucking Springsteen.
0: Yeah.
1: I am. So, so how proud does of she my become dad. the, the godmother of punk?
0: Yeah, I am so proud of myself. I just want to toot my own horn here again. I'm so proud of myself that in 2019 I saw the Bruce Springsteen musical movie Blinded by the Light and yet I didn't get into Bruce Springsteen. (laughs) So proud of myself because in the 80s everyone was all Bruce Springsteen. In the 90s too people loved Bruce Springsteen and then they turned to me and they're like hey do you like Bruce Springsteen? And I was always like Dude, he's for white people, and and I do not relate to him. And then here's this movie about how this young Indian boy in Britain becomes enamored with Bruce Springsteen, and I'm like, God damn it, don't fucking turn me into a Bruce Springsteen fan, you son of a bitch! <laughs> like I'll go see the movie, but don't don't you fucking try and turn me into a big fan of the fucking boss, because that's not going to happen. And I was so proud of myself that I was able to watch this film and say. What a good movie. I will not be buying a Bruce Springsteen album. <laughs> really proud of myself for that. Yes. But God damn it, I love that Patti Smith song Because the Night. Love that goddamn movie. Yeah. That song. Love that song.
1: But now if if we get into it, she she like kind of exemplifies what I mean is that Punk was more of an artistic an artistic movement. Than a musical movement, and and really the reason why she is recognized as godmother of soul of of punk, because she was part of of basically the artistic set in New York. Yeah, you know she was yeah. Robert Mapplethorpe's lover for a while.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, like um, when the Talking Heads show up. Where did they? Where did they? Meet again? They said they met in art school. Yeah, well, it seems like they sniffed the glue a bit too much. (laughs) The name of this band is Talking Heads. We live across the street. Yeah. God, if if I had a dollar for every movie I saw with my AMC A-list that featured the song Psycho Killer, I'd have a good i'd have enough money for popcorn <laughs> at the movie yeah there nice. was a really good scene and there was a really good scene in a a bl- blood bloodborne blood bloodshot the vin diesel comic oh, yeah, book yeah, movie yeah. that came out that came out right before the uh right Play. before the quarantine and uh this the red bad mask guy, of
1: death yeah
0: This bad guy is uh, about to torture and kill someone, but before they do, they turn on Psycho Killer and they're doing a little Mr. Blonde dance to it. And then later you learn that that didn't really happen. That was just programmed inside of Vin Diesel's head. And one of the other people who helped program it said, you had the bad guy listening to Psycho Killer and doing a dance. We should have just hired Quentin Tarantino to write this or some shit like that. Like they're making fun of the scene.
1: Yeah. Nice,
0: because that's how popular Psycho Killer is in movies. But I geeked out when they started playing Psycho Killer. Oh yeah, in CBGBs. Mm-hmm. CBGB. I keep wanting to to call this movie CBGBs, and yes. it's not. It's
1: CBGB. But I think it is still permissible.
0: Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, the mo- the movie stop. was all right. The movie was all right. When I saw it the first time, I was like, "Okay, I—I I mean, yeah." But when I saw it the second time and the third time, I'm like, "Okay, like, this could be a movie that I keep on the hard drive and I just pop on yeah. every once in a while." Like, I could see that. Yeah, just yeah, it's cute. Which is a weird thing to say about a movie about the punk movement, but this is a cute, fun little movie.
1: Uh, I I would go with cute. I can accept cute, and no, I'm not saying that this is like some high art. It, it's it's, I don't know, maybe junk food. Uh, it, I don't know if that quite works. Yeah. I mean, yeah, even a bad Alan Rickman performance is a good fucking performance. It's a snack Absolutely. Absolutely. A what? A Absolutely. Genie says a snack movie maybe maybe yeah 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 yeah, i can see that yeah you're not you're not really in the mood to mood to like really get into a movie but you could yeah. throw that on yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and i think that's about all i have to have to say about it uh uh we could have done without the piano scene unless they wanted to handle it better than that. Yeah. I, I Personally, I would have gone full blown. Uh, Laurel and Hardy done it in fucking black and white. Yeah. You know, cause this is, well, I mean, we all know that any movie based on a true story is not a true story. And I do not yes. believe that this piano scene thing ever fucking happened. Yeah. But you want to throw in the piano bit? Okay. Yeah. Don't pretend it's original. Try to actually do something with it.
0: Yeah. But no, the movie was cute. I
1: mean, because if you see a piano in a movie, you know what's happening. Yep. You know exactly Absolutely. what's going to happen next. Bar fight? Piano? Bar fight? No. Piano falls from great height and smashes. Uh huh. Yeah. Always. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. But I think that is about about all I have for CBGBs. I like. Me too. That. Me
0: too it's cute yeah it's cute yeah so so that's it for this week next week we will be tackling the film godzilla versus hedora also known as godzilla versus the smog monster a really bizarre environmental environmentally themed godzilla film Yes, which is in which which was filmed in the seventies, but feels really sixties. Yes, it does. And there's bizarre animated interludes well, and
1: the, the I the sixties as we know them pretty much went from nineteen sixty eight to nineteen
0: seventy two. Well, okay. Well, maybe maybe that fits, but I I'm not a big sake drinker. So I've never like drank. So I've never drank a massive amount of sake enough for an entire club of people to turn into fish monsters. Yeah. So I can't really say if that happens or not, but that's what we will be discussing next week. Godzilla versus Hidora. The only film in the Godzilla universe where Godzilla flies. Yes. So next week, Godzilla flies in Godzilla versus Ghidorah. But now that I'm looking back at this week, uh, the highs and the lows, the stewardesses, the siliphants, the uh, Arch Deluxe Burger that McDonald's put out in 1996. God, I love that sandwich so <laughs> much. It, 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 flames, flames on the side of my face. So now that I'm looking back at this episode, I got to say, I think this has been a pretty good episode.
1: I think okay. it's been a damn good episode. Okay,
0: Good. good. I yeah, I felt the same way, but I wanted to hear it from you first. But yes, I concur. Good, sir.
1: So until next week, I am Bunny Williams.
0: And I am Reverend Steve, and on behalf of Natasha and everyone else in the house, I just want to say thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless
1: heathens! Do-do-do-do-do, do-do-do-do-do, and cut!